Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. In that order. Yep, do those things. Yep. Yeah, tell a friend, damn it. Yeah. If you, I know there's a couple people out there listening that I don't know in person because some people have told friends, which is what you should do. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, the, they're the ones who did the right thing. Yep. Now it's your turn. Pay it forward. Yep. This is your job. Be a good citizen. Yes. Uh, Don't forget to check out our TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. Yeah, I've been posting regularly again. Talking the ticks. Yep. Can't wait for it to get banned from the United States altogether so all of our TikTok fame goes away. But woo, woo, woo. Uh, Slow news bit. Yeah, relatively slow news week. Um, there yeah. was the PlayStation State of Play 2023, which is... I don't know what different developers use like like why they choose certain places to reveal things because mm-hmm. uh so we got a, like new footage and a lot of gameplay showing of the uh kill the suicide or kill the justice league mm-hmm. which is set in the arkham batman arkham game right. world it's confirmed to be set five years <coughs> after arkham knight and there's something that i'm questioning because at the end of Arkham Knight, Batman seemingly commits suicide, like blows up the manor, but like, of course not. We don't know for sure. Yeah, so, but we got some news from that. But also, that's like a PC, PlayStation, and I think also probably Xbox. So I don't know why they chose the PlayStation thing. Because the PlayStation, like PlayStation Studios, has their own games like they the horizon series is playstation exclusive the god of war series is playstation playstation exclusive Mm -hmm. oh those are my two of my favorite franchises man they choose good games so like i don't know why i don't know because there was street fighter there was Mm -hmm. a couple other like kind of puzzle games and stuff like that that were Mm -hmm. announced uh or given release dates and stuff but uh yeah kill the suicide squad comes out that's not what that's called kill the justice league oh man uh, comes out like in, I think it's in March. Oh, dang. It, it is March. This, that's what month this is. Uh, I'm going to check myself on that. Kill the Justice League. Yeah, do it. Kill them. It comes out on 2023. Come on. Great. Very <laughs> helpful. Every single article that I always read about games are like, at the very end, it's like, you can see, oh, May, May of 2023. Ah, okay. That's the other month. Or mm-hmm. It starts yeah, with an M. Yep. yep. It's a good um, thing that those two are pretty close together. Yeah. Just a month between. Yeah. So that happened last weekend, mm-hmm. I think, is when that was. Probably. So got a little bit of gaming news from, but nothing groundbreaking or anything. Yeah, nothing too crazy. Um, E3 is happening in a couple months. So that will My be... My goodness. It's going to be a lot of things. So not a whole lot of news there. Video games. Video games. Boy. I am excited about uh, Kill Kill the Justice League because, one, they make really good games. Right. And also, so what we've learned more about this is, like, uh, they do more, it's, like, kind of gear loadouts. Okay. uh, Which is not something that was in the other, it was in the Batman games. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are some really solid gear loadout games out there. I'm playing one right now. I'll talk about that next week. Cool. So, yeah, you know. I like when they add new elements in the games and stuff. So. Yeah, should be fun. I still go back and watch that 
original cinematic teaser every now and yeah. then because it's just so fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Yep. Uh, so that's it for me on news. That's all right, I've got good stuff. What do you got? <laughs> several, several little things. Yeah. Let's lead with uh, Quantumania. Uh, had a pretty good first week at the box office. Okay. Pretty bad second week at the box office. Who knew? It had roughly a 70% drop-off week to week. Which How does that is, compare to other things? That's BVS level. Oh, God. It's almost exactly the same as BVS. Word of mouth kind of brutalized it, huh? Yeah, apparently. Worst MCU drop-off ever. Ooh. By, I think, a pretty decent margin. Yeah. And this is the MCU that put out Thor The Dark World. Yep. So, that's, uh, that's a fun time. So, I, what are what do you think caused that why 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 was there such a bad word of mouth with this i'm guessing not having seen it we'll see if nick ends up paying for us to go see it (laughs) (laughs) um uh having not seen it i'm guessing it is just not a very good movie and is kind of exemplar of the recent excesses of the mcu Mm -hmm. too big too many quantum things too many timelines that is exactly what kaylin was telling me today she's like i don't really know if i want to see it because i don't get like they explain it in the movie and fine but like it just when you walk away from these movies the multiverse doesn't make sense yeah the quantum thing doesn't make sense the stones make sense yeah you can walk away from and you're like cool got it one ring but there's six of them yeah and so like it it's just it's too they're doing both multiverse and the quantum verse and stuff mm-hmm. all at once. And also that combined with just general fatigue. They've been doing this for 11 years, 12, thir- 13 years, 14 15, years, 15 years, 2008, yeah. 15 years, man. Why does it feel like the whole like Marvel 10 thing happened so recently? Because it did. It happened in 2018. And, and we're nothing perpetually in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think people are just getting tired. So everyone yeah. that's like, it's like one of those things that everyone who's going to go see it is going to go see it in the first couple weeks. And mm-hmm. it's losing the casual audience very quickly. Yeah. And so the people who tend to go see movies the second, third, fourth week of it being out. They'll are... go see Cocaine Bear instead with their kids on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's just like, yeah, it's, I feel like Multiverse of Madness turned some people off. Probably. Maybe like a good, like, couple percent of MCU fans are like, eh, no more. Yeah, the people that aren't really hardcore fans, but like, they'll they'll go watch the movies, you know, if a group of friends is going or Mm -hmm. something, they'll get excited about it. They can name a lot of the characters, they've Mm -hmm. seen most of them, but yeah, at some point, mediocre quality is going to wear thin and i guess we've hit that tipping point we'll we'll see if the trend continues Mm -hmm. um they still have a couple of opportunities to come out with some good movies here before things actually start looking really dire what's the next one uh it's a great question marvels i'm glad you asked me that question i wish i had an answer to that question i think it's the marvels because that's the only thing that i've seen news about because they have a Mm. poster great and that's it cool because I know we've got Loki season two. We got a release date for Loki two. Yep. We've got. I probably will watch that. I'll probably have to have watched a bunch of stuff to watch that. I won't watch that. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like, I don't like with the Marvels. You'll have to have seen Miss Marvel, which is the problem that we talked about. 
Yeah. Where you're going to start having movies relying on the streaming service. Yep. And people aren't going to do that. Yeah. Kalen's been watching Miss Marvel. I haven't seen She-Hulk or Miss Marvel. Don't really care to. Yeah. So what's going to happen when She-Hulk shows up in the Thunderbolts? Oh, the Thunderbolts is a show too, isn't it? Probably. Ah. Um, yeah, this is, are you listening, Kevin Feige? This is why you're losing people. You'll, yeah. you'll still have your devoted fan base that'll go see whatever you do for a long time and that'll still make you money, but there's a tipping point Yeah, and it's starting to look like it's coming. I think there's not a way out of it. Start making better stuff. <laughs> well, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, maybe there is a way out of it. You take something like the X Men movies, and that you're that they're gonna do, and the Fantastic Four movie, and just completely leave everything alone. Do what DC is starting to do, and just mm-hmm. don't try to tie it into the multi. Don't try to explain with the multiverse. Just yeah. do a good solid. That's the movie, and stop with the shared shit. I'm so. I when I was reading the article about the kill the justice league Mm -hmm. they called it the arkham verse and i'm so sick of blank word verse i thought the whole dark universe experiment killed that whole shared universe thing but it seems to have just been like because there's still going to be like the james bond universe yeah um it's happening with lord of the rings which we'll get to in a bit yeah it's stop like marvel marvel's the one that started it be the one that stops it (laughs) yeah I want, I want to apologize for my earlier remark. I said uh, you should go see Cocaine Bear with your kids on a Saturday afternoon instead of Ant-Man Quantumania. Um, I think that's probably not appropriate. Uh, I think you should take your kids to see Cocaine Bear on a Friday night, preferably kind of late, because then <laughs> they'll have nightmares. They won't sleep very well. They'll sleep in really late Saturday. You get to sleep in late Saturday. Boom. You save your weekend. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lord of the Rings, the next oh, thing to be ruined. I... I saw a thing about Lord of the Rings. I saw like more Lord of the Rings to come and I'm like, oh no. Yeah. We don't know anything about this, but WB wants to make more movies. More movies? More movies. We don't know a whole lot about that, whether it's a reboot or other movies set in the universe. Either way, I think it's time for me to shuffle off my mortal coil and be done with it. Huh? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to exist in a world where they keep messing up Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> which like Rings of Power is fine. They just it's said okay. they want to do more movies, right? That's yeah. That's, that's all they said. There's nothing locked in. No one's cast. No one's. No one's writing a script or anything. There's a lot to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and that is that is the beauty. And a less hardened and less cynical version of me is like, ooh, more Lord of the Rings. Maybe they'll do it right and they'll cover. I don't know. Something cool. And it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, how much is there as Faramir? Like, is there more to Faramir that we didn't really get in the movies? Um, because it'd be kind of cool a, to just get like a Faramir story. There's a little, there's a little bit of backstory. Um, there's enough you could probably piece together a pretty cool spinoff. Uh, if you handled it very carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, should point out the character of Faramir in the books is very different from the one we get in the movie. Oh, that's right. Um, I forgot to say that. Yeah, he does. He fills kind of the same role, but he feels very different and he faces different challenges. Gotcha. Yep. But you'll get to experience that before too long. Mm-hmm. So excited. That's what keep, it's what's keeping me going right now. Knowing that you're <laughs> going to read Lord of the Rings at some point, you're going to tell me all about it and I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to intentionally come in and, and just be like this. And then, and then, I'm, gonna, and then I'm going to kill you. <laughs> live on air. 
<laughs> the end. Not if I read it after you leave. I will fly what back. I will to- do is uh, <laughs> um, no. I'll. Uh, did you ever hear about the um, the guy who lived in Ohio and wanted to murder someone in Ohio for some reason, whatever? Just because he's in Ohio, and I guess yeah. Sorry to any Ohioans <laughs> out there. I guess I don't know why. That's the stereotype. Um, but so what he did uh, is he flew to California for a week, rented a car in California, drove it back to Ohio, killed the dude, drove it back to California, said, yeah, I just I did some road tripping up and down the California coast. That's why there's so many miles on this. Here you go. And he would have gotten away with it, except a bug which had splattered on the windshield was not native to California and was native to Ohio. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And he must have been like he paid probably paid for cash all mm-hmm. the way because that's not a short drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's Almost smart. the perfect murder. Yeah, very close. Yep. Anyway, I'll do that to you. Okay, cool. Just make sure you don't get any tornadoes splattered on your windshield. <laughs> <laughs> I saw yeah. a TikTok that was like t- top ten deadliest uh, tornadoes in the United States, and it was like Alabama, Texas. Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. There, there's so much Lord of the Rings. And also it's WB and not Amazon Prime. True. And WB has a lot more rights. I think they have, like, an ongoing relationship with, like, the Tolkien estate. Because they mm-hmm. did, they're they're the ones with the, well, first of all, they're new line. So they have the Lord of the Rings movies. Right. They also are the ones who did the uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War games. Mm-hmm. And so, like... I think they have a lot more to go on mm-hmm. without having to balance the fine line of hitting accuracy and not doing the story mm-hmm. like uh, Amazon does. Yep. All right. You know what? I'm going to pull myself out of my cynicism a little bit here. You know what? I would actually really like to see a new shadow version hmm? film version. So Tolkien at one point was projecting a Lord of the Rings sequel um, okay. and he sketched out the plot and wrote like the first 10 pages or so. And then he died. And then he decided he didn't like where he was going with it. Mm. And he thought, well, this is the inevitable consequence of what's going to happen after Lord of the Rings. I don't like the story I'm telling here. I'm just going to leave it alone. Go Mm. do other stuff instead. So I haven't read a whole lot into it. But um, the idea is it's set uh, like 100 years after. I think it's after Aragorn's reign, but not too far after Aragorn's reign. Basically, uh, so like kind of two hundred years after the War of the Ring, roughly. I I think I'm being a little speculative here. Um, but basically, there is some sort of new darkness rising. Um, but the whole point of the story is to show a Middle Earth that is now ruled by men and is not really the place of elves anymore. Mm-hmm. And they had pretty much all pieced off back to yeah, the Grey Havens. They, they they pretty much all take off after Lord of the Rings. Yeah. The, the few remainders, stragglers, mostly just take off. And Tolkien realized, well, if I set a story in the world of men, men could be kind of terrible. And so if we introduce this kind of darkness, it's going to... Um, he described it as turning into like almost a thriller kind of a thing, hmm. which I understand why he didn't like it. It doesn't really fit into his sort of mythic power of the natural world kind of ethos. Right. But I kind of want to see that story. Yeah. And I think there are enough extant materials that they could pull something together. It, uh, again, assuming they handle it carefully. Game of Thrones? Uh, 
men are the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fewer dragons. So that's fair. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know how the Tolkien estate would feel about that, knowing that uh, J.R.R. himself was not really a fan of the notion. Right. But I would be really intrigued to see a well handled version of that. I mean, I feel like that's one of those things that. So, think about. I have a really weird reason for for about what the train train of thought I'm about to take. Okay. So think about like what he was writing about, what he really cared about, mm-hmm. like nature of the earth, anti-industrialism, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and when he wrote that mm-hmm. because it was relevant to him, was relevant with what was going on back then. Mm-hmm. And so if this next thing is like it was the route of how men can uh, make men are awful and like the mm-hmm. darkness and stuff like that, look at the modern world and like. Yeah. How like just urbanized it is the modern mm-hmm. Western world. Yeah. Um, and how urbanized it is and how many issues arise from that. There are good things that come from that just as there are good things that come from industrialization, mm-hmm. but yeah. there are also bad things. And I feel like that's something that like put him in today. Yeah. Maybe something he would be more interested in exploring. Yeah. Okay. Cause so the reason I'm, the reason I'm thinking about this right now is I recently listened to a podcast. I listened to this podcast called planet money. It's an NPR thing mm-hmm. where like, they just kind of tell story, like interesting stories that relate to certain aspects of finance. And so mm-hmm. one of them was like the OB, uh, OCB, which is the, um, Oh, I can't remember what it was called. It's the congressional budget committee that mm, CBO CBO. Thank you. Congressional uh, budget office. And then, so like that kind of stuff. And one I listened to recently was about, uh, how like charitable trusts mm-hmm. and how people when they die set up trusts and like that they write out exactly what they want it to be for mm-hmm. and there were people were so resistant to that for so long like that's been an idea for centuries and it was only like really recently like with the robber barons that it started like became a normal thing to do mm-hmm. and there are still a lot of problems with it and one of the things that people have problems with it is like so you take I can't remember the guy's name, but he was, uh, he died and he put a whole bunch of money into a trust that said specifically, this money is for under, or, uh, underprivileged children. Okay. Except it was, this money is for underprivileged white boys. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Thanks, 1910. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and so basically what happened is like, people would like, the, I didn't know this, uh, I learned about this uh, in that podcast that the one of the attorney general's jobs is to monitor charitable trusts and mm-hmm. those desires and think about if what the money is being used for applies to that, mm-hmm. like that will and several courts ruled over time that that can't money can be used for people of color and girls mm-hmm. because time, like times change. Like that's like, mm-hmm. what is the, what, what is the intent of that person at the time Mm-hmm. that they are writing for mm-hmm. and at that time all that really mattered in society were white males but now in present day gauge clip that and destroy <laughs> this man's whole career <laughs> uh but now in like today's society everybody well you know depending on who you ask everybody you, matters you don't matter uh depending on what lives we're talking about uh <laughs> And so, like, and so courts ruled that, like, you know, that person, should they be alive now, mm-hmm. would probably have said something slightly different. Right. And so that it, that's that's why I follow because that's something very fresh in my mind of that kind of looking yeah. at people's wishes from such a long time ago. Would they be 
yeah. what would they think now? The spirit is the same, but the uh, the language and the direction that carries them could be very exactly. different. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually really like that. I think that there could be some very useful things to say mm-hmm. in the, the modern world. I think that it would probably get turned into just sort of a cheap swords and sandals action movie yeah. with some Tolkien Easter eggs. I think what would be really useful for, and I feel like this, the, I think a route that could be taken for something like that, where, you know, specifically something that is extrapolating. Mm -hmm. So he, he was very into philosophy. Mm hmm. Uh, and he, what a loser. You know, huh? What a loser. What a loser. Uh, and he was close buddies with C.S. Lewis and mm-hmm. who was the other one? Who was like the little, their little club. Yeah. The, the other guy. The other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feel awful. Uh, J.R. Uh, J.K. Rowling. No. Um. <laughs> George R.R. R. Martin. George R.R. R. Martin. Uh. Brandon Sanderson. You look at like, so you take him and his buddies and stuff like that, and you look at kind of what philosophy that they would write about mm-hmm. outside of Lord of the Rings stuff. What are things that they really care about? Mm-hmm. Take those philosophical Catholicism. schools and see where they have led to modern day. And you can kind of follow potentially where you would think that his philosophy would land in mm-hmm. modern day okay. and then take from that philosophy and apply it to that. I, f- I feel like mm-hmm. that would be like, if he were an immortal person, mm-hmm. where would he follow philosophically into modern day? I think if he were immortal, he would have taken the straight path and gone to the gray havens a while ago. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, I think that is an interesting, like a, a research project basically for somebody mm-hmm. that who wanted to write this, who wanted to take this, yeah. this idea of extrapolating from Lord of the Rings where he started to see it go, take that, take the philosophy of Tolkien, mm-hmm. uh, like just really Tolkienism, tokenism, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take all of that and kind of, I, I feel like you could come up with a pretty reasonable landing pad of where Tolkien would be today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do it. Go do that. Someone. You do it. You hate philosophy. We I can do it together. I like philosophy. I'll do all that part. You <laughs> Don't do plant this kernel in my head. I have enough <laughs> projects already. <laughs> I really like that idea, though. Um, Who knows? That's not going to happen, though. No, it's, no it's not going to happen. They're going to they're going to write a cheap, superficial, fantastic beasts type spinoff nonsense thing. Oh, that's news. Speaking of Warner Brothers, uh, they stopped. I don't know if we talked about it here. They're yeah, not, we did. We did. <laughs> Diggity damn. Yes, they're stopping production on the Fantastic Beasts. Take all that budget and put it to researching Tolkien's philosophy. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it, Warner Brothers. Get your, just get some of the best Tolkien scholars, Tolkien scholars in the business. Get them together. And that's, that's the other thing too. There are straight up courses taught in yeah. universities about Tolkien. Like you have a really rich community that could mm-hmm. drive this so well. Yeah. It's so unlikely they're going to use that. <laughs> the yeah. Tolkien estate is usually pretty like, strict on some stuff though right they were like i don't know how they interacted with the they let the hobbit movies get made so well that's true but like i'm also i'm not sure how much control they actually have when the rights have been sold to a studio that is exactly what i was about to start postulating is that the right word for hypothesizing hypothesizing is like i mean you 
it probably is somebody writes a script, mm-hmm. comes to them and says, this is what I want to do. And they're like, we love it. Sign off on it. Mm-hmm. Then they go. And then shit changes during production. Yeah. And so things change and stuff like that to by the time you get those three movies out, the Tolkien estate's like, that is... Is he jumping up rocks? <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is not what we approved. <laughs> yeah. Well, or they send some intern with the version of the script and he goes to the Tolkien estate and they say, well, this is great. We'll sign off on it. And he goes back to the studio boss and says, they bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. Here's the real script. <laughs> it's garbage. Oh, there's any number of things that could have happened. Yeah. You ever heard of the blacklist? Like yeah. the blacklist. Yeah. You know what that is? Like, yeah, the Hollywood blacklist, the best scripts that yeah. don't get made into so that was that's actually uh, yeah. one of the episodes of the podcast I was talking about oh, where they were talking about like the development of that. Do you know how, like, how that came about? I don't. So basically, there was this guy who was like 20 years old mm-hmm. and uh, managed to land a job with Leonardo DiCaprio's production company. Okay. And his job was to help his boss who worked for Leonardo DiCaprio uh, directly find scripts that mm. Leo would, would fit for. Very cool. And so what he would do is essentially is he'd get this like banker's box of scripts mm-hmm. and go home on Friday and then spend the weekend just reading through all these scripts. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be like, when you'd go into work, they'd be like, did you read anything good? And he's like, no, which is pretty much the answer you expect. Right. Because if you say yes, then you have to defend it. And <laughs> yeah. if it's not good, then you're fired. Yeah. And 98% of the stuff you're going to read anyway is crap. Yeah. And so like he had like this one uh, thing about a guy who falls in love with the sex doll. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's a really good story about like humanity and stuff, but it's like not the right fit for Leo. Mm-hmm. And so like, he just had this problem and he was like, there's, gotta be like a better way of doing this Mm -hmm. and so he took a list of uh so i think his uh, his official title was like junior executive Mm -hmm. or something uh took a list of like a hundred other junior executives from other production companies that he knew about Uh and like basically what they would do is i mean they would like they basically like they would had already been like they'd go out to lunch and coffee and stuff like that and just talk about that and like technically with in the industry it's like you don't talk about the scripts that you read because information is power and that like mm-hmm. you don't want that stuff to get out. but they would talk about it like, yeah no. no one really did that and so basically what he decided to do was take a hundred of those other junior executives mm-hmm. created a um just a temporary like an anonymous email account called blacklist nine nine or some number mm-hmm. uh at hotmail.com Love and it. just sent BCC'd all of them and just said, hey, send me your 10 best, like the 10 scripts that you've liked the most. Mm-hmm. And I'll send you like an analysis back. And so he got this list and he compiled it based on vote and like sent to them that like the first blacklist mm-hmm. that was like just the top 10 that had votes. Uh-huh. And then... That, it, that was just really an experiment for him. Like, he's just like, I don't really know. I mean, I could probably get fired for this if I find out what happened. Yeah. People were like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I'm not going to tell the whole rest of the story. There's a lot of really interesting things that happened. Basically, like mm-hmm. he did get fired from that company, but does not doesn't, typical because he was uh, outed to be the creator of the blacklist. Uh, and then he, he was like at Will Smith's uh, production company interviewing. And they're like, hey, you're, you're the guy that made the blacklist. Right. And it was like happy about it. Uh, and like a lot of people were really interesting. And then you look, basically, I think he said out of 200 or 250 movies rated on a blacklist, 70 of them have earned best screenplay for Oscars. 
Whoa. Like, it is a really, like, so, you know, like, the yeah. best scripts. Yeah. yeah. I, and the only one I can remember off the top of my head is Imitation Game was a, yes, that's one, one, of, of, the, one yep. of the best of the year for Blacklist. Yep. Uh, and so, I don't know, it's just really interesting that, that, like, we're talking about, you know, scripts and stuff like that, and I listened to that, and the fact that you, I didn't know what the Blacklist was until mm-hmm. listening to that. I found yeah. that really cool. Yeah. Is it, that's not public information. Like, the yearly Blacklist isn't public information, is it? Cause oh it is because they run be. a company yeah because his whole point with it was to find the writers that that nobody knows because they just like slip through the cracks because they're minor writers with no writing credits yeah like that one I can't remember the name of the movie because I haven't seen it and I really wasn't familiar with the title of it but it's the one that the guy falls in love with a sex doll uh, Lars and the real girl yeah that that one that was her <laughs> the writer's first ever script like <laughs> nice. debut. Way and to go. won an Oscar because of the blacklist. Cause like just a bunch of people read it and was like, Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it eventually made it to being made. And so like, yeah, it's just, it's such a cool idea. And yeah. they've been, and they've broadened their, like, they, I think they have a website that you can like, it is a full blown company now mm-hmm. that runs this thing. And it is like, it's such a cool idea of supporting people who just have a script that yeah. don't have connections to Hollywood. Yeah. It's also just such an efficient way to funnel the creative energy in the right direction using mm-hmm. the, the whole wisdom of the crowds. That's taking that's, subjectivity that's and, and plunking it into objectivity. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, anyway, what other kind of news? Anyway, what other kind of news? Let's see. I didn't realize this, but they're making another alien movie. Oh. Which, great. Um, is it aliens, but the S is a five? Are they... A- they're past five, aren't they? This is the um well the resurrection released, and stuff was they they released a uh a little one sentence synopsis. Oh no. Um they have casting and a director and stuff. Okay. Or, or it's coming together. Um the one sentence synopsis is in this ninth entry in the immensely oh, popular God. and enduring film series, uh, a group of young people on a distant world find themselves in a confrontation with a with the most terrifying life form in the universe. The xenomorph. I mean, is it the same alien every time? It's not the exact the same, same guy, individual but like alien. It's the race, yeah. species. I feel like I should watch those. You should really watch the first, first two. One. First two? Yeah. First, Aliens is the second one, right? Yeah. First one is awesome, kind of claustrophobic haunted house in space movie. Mm-hmm. Second one is awesome space action movie. I haven't seen the third one. Is AVP considered an aliens movie? Yeah. That also considered a Predators movie? Yeah. So that's, they share a universe. Yeah. So Prey is in the alien universe. Yeah. What do they call it? What do they call that universe? That shared that shared universe? I don't really want to know. The AVP-verse? AVP-averse? I'm alien, not looking at that. Alien-averse? I'm not. I'm not Predator-verse? Anyway, uh, yeah, so this new one, uh, Fede Alvarez is going to direct. Yeah. Um, he did Don't Breathe a few years ago. Which I never saw, but was apparently pretty well received. Okay. That's um, the one with the blind guy, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't recognize anyone in the cast, but, okay. you know, no one had heard of Sigourney Weaver before Alien. That's so. true. Yeah. All right. Um, that's the thing that's happening. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we actually have some casting for Hellboy the Crooked Man. Okay um let's see let me so recap that's a lot that's the live action live action written by reboot, mike ri- written by mike mignola mignola mi- the, magnolia um yes that one <laughs> uh brian taylor is going to direct 
Um, it's not a cast. Uh, Jefferson White and Adeline Rudolph have been cast in side roles. I think I know who they're going to play. Probably Abe story. and... No. Oh. I don't know either of their faces, so I don't know who would... So he's probably going to play Tom, who's kind of the character that Hellboy meets in this, uh, that sort of takes him through the gotcha. world, and she's going to play, I don't know, someone. And then uh, Jack Kesey is going to be Hellboy himself. Oh! Yeah. Let me see his face. I mean, prosthetics are a wild thing, so... Yeah. Like, that dude could be a toothpick for all I care. Just want to see what Hellboy's going to look like. Okay. Yeah. He's got a jaw. Yeah, I think so. I think he's got the the physique. Is his arm made of stone? Uh, no, it doesn't look like it. It would be... It's unfortunate. Okay. I know this would be probably not happen, but it'd be so cool if they cast somebody who had an amputated left arm. Yeah? Like, it would just, it, it would work. Yeah. Like, you know, giving someone who would probably not get a whole lot of casting because they're missing an arm, mm-hmm. like... A really good chance, so, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't know how many actors out there that are missing an arm that also have the face for Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we could chop this Jack Kesey's <laughs> arm off, turn him into a role model. Yeah, <laughs> representation. Yay! <laughs> we need uh, more blind actors. I got chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, that took a turn. Uh, so that's happening. It's just all. I mean, it all sounds like reasonable news so far. I mean, it's just casting and it's just casting and stuff. Let's see. What's That's the director really done? Interesting. That's a great question. Uh, he did Crank, which is a Jason Statham action vehicle. Okay. Which kind of feels like the wrong type for. My goodness, where did I? Put I this feel article? like so again. This is a wild assumption. Mm-hmm. But like Hellboy is not just an action story. It's... It is a really deep story it's usually with not action. action right yeah like um, there is the big final battles with the chicken leg late like baba yaga was that a fight uh yeah i guess yeah and then who was the is it oh wolf people the i remember that one i think it was wolf people like werewolves no vampire it was it was in the castle who was in the castle uh vampires Vamp- okay it was vampires yeah it's vampires uh correction uh, Brian Taylor has not directed anything. Yeah, he wrote Crank. Okay. And also Crank High Voltage. Also, I guess he's the director. It doesn't matter, but uh, Jonah Hex. Oh, with Brolin? Yep. Also Happy. The show? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was the... That's fun. He was the creator of that. Okay. And he's the... So you haven't he'll seen be the, Happy yet, have you? No. So he'll be the director with um, Mike Mignola. Okay. Writing. Um, and I think there's someone else in the writing room, of course, but that action was fun. Like yeah. the way that action was done. So yeah. he directed, no, he created. So did he, did he so direct? He, he wrote it. He wrote he did it. Not direct. Gotcha. Yep. Oh, wait, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. He directed. Oh, okay. He directed nine episodes. Gotcha. Um, there were nine episodes. And he, he, okay. He did direct both the crank movies. Okay. Um, he also directed ghost rider spirit of vengeance. So he's got that going for him. Nice. Good stuff. Um, yeah, anyway, okay. I feel like this is all reasonably promising news. But he knows we'll, how to do action, at least. I, I thought Neil Marshall was a great pick for director for the last one, so. Yeah, it's true. We'll see. Yeah. But they're saying good things about sort of paring it down, making it much more of the 
original comic book Hellboy sensibility of it's sort of it's lean and it's mean and it's a lot more about the uh, the world and the characters than just the big, right. big stakes and stuff like that. Gotcha. Big stakes both in a metaphorical sense and also a literal sense of stabbing a vampire in the heart with a big stake. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. All right. Tog. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's all I got. We got the Peter Pan and uh, Wendy trailer. Yeah, I didn't watch it. Can't wait for the racists to come out and say Tinkerbell can't be black and Peter Pan can't be Indian. <laughs> oh, man. That's this world's fun. wild. Yep. Yeah, I mean, seems... I I feel like Gritty Reboot isn't right, but it's not wrong. It doesn't feel like... I, I Okay, don't kill me. I haven't seen Peter Pan. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have, but I don't think since I was about four. I feel like I kind of get the major beats of the story like peter's like hey like come with me and you can be kids and then she like meets the lost boys and they're like kids mm-hmm. or something and then hook wants yeah. like does hook want to fly why does he hate peter why uh, does he want to kill peter pan i don't know what's with the clock and the crocodile and croc- uh, it's a metaphor for the passage of the unavoidable passage of time oh, okay I don't know. I just, I feel like I've seen bits of different thing, like all of the yeah. different versions, like the Robin Williams thing and the, yeah, it's kind of one that you just pick up by osmosis over time. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like fine. I feel like, th- I think this is going to be the first like live action. Like if it's a du- redo of like, cause hook was a, like it's from a... his store, his perspective. Right. Uh, cause it wasn't the story yeah. of Peter Pan, like the animated movie. Mm hmm. Which is based on a, based on a novel. Novel, is it? Is that one of those things that Disney like, lightheartedated a really dark novel? Uh, I like they did with like Cinderella and shit. I don't think so. At least not on the same order of magnitude. Okay, I don't. Know. I don't. I don't have any emotional attachment to Peter Pan. Yeah, I don't really care. Also, I don't like Disney on principle. Yep. So I'll probably never see it. But I'm just excited for the racists. Yep. Love seeing that stuff. It's just always fun. It's so stupid. Yep. Mm. Mermaids shouldn't be black. Mermaids don't exist, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So that'll that'll happen. Stuff. Yep. Good stuff. Great. Excited. Anything another, else? Another Disney reboot. That's all I got. All right. Let's call it. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can find us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, all the other usual places. Uh, check us out on TikTok. I mentioned that up top, but we're at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we've got the same handle on Instagram and uh, Twitter, and I don't know how Facebook works, but we're on there, sort of. We don't do anything with it, but it exists. <laughs> Uh, we have a Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com, uh, where we are reachable and occasionally get very interesting emails and Preston's coming back to explain that right now. And I'm just filling time till he sits back down. Yeah. So basically, uh, we've told you guys that if you want us to go see a movie that we said, we're not going to go see and you pay for our tickets, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone has reached out, uh, to yeah. do that. Uh, we're waiting. He's like, I should probably ask my wife to make sure I can do that. Uh, but we'll go see Ant-Man if that happens yeah, like money comes through yeah we're, we're, we, we promised like we'll do it 
Yeah. And we'll... Our price is very cheap for abandoning our principles. (laughs) (laughs) Our principles are very cheap indeed. So, yeah. uh, We'll probably... We'll see. I mean, I don't want all the followers to just be like... All the followers. Any other listeners to be like, hey, where's that guy? Hey, give them the money. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. So, if that happens, then, yeah. See, we keep our promises. We'll do it. I'll put myself through. I know how it ends. Because I didn't care and I spoiled oh, it, but you also do that to yourself a lot. This one I like, I like, I I didn't try to avoid spoiling it. Mm-hmm. I was just curious. I was like, because I've heard people have been, eh, like how they ended it, like the does some things that like trivializes some things, and I'm like, oh, interesting. So I like <laughs> looked mm-hmm. looked it up, okay, because um, you know and really care right but we've we've talked about it before like you know like knowing the ending and sometimes make the movie better yep i'm gonna talk about that a little bit next week interesting continue justice losers pod at gmail.com yeah no if there's other movies you want us to see if you want us to see cocaine bar bear i mean i wasn't gonna see it anyway but you know pay for the ticket yeah. We'll, we'll do it yeah look forward to next week when i talk about how uh sometimes knowing the ending in advance can actually build anticipation and see make you more intrigued and also you can hear about me being bad at video games a little bit because i'm gonna have to pat some time a little bit and there's some there's some anecdotes that you'll find amusing so uh i think that's everything thanks for listening bye bye bye, bye.